Hey everyone, Bob and Audrey here. In a moment, we're going to join Dr. Jim for today's Live Transformed podcast. But before we do, we have a quick announcement. We have spent the last few months preparing for a one-day live virtual event, and we want to invite you. This event will help you implement heart work into your everyday life. Yeah. It's taking place, mark the date, Yeah, January 30th. I hope you can make it and join us mm-hmm. because this one-day event includes two 50-page workbooks that we're going to send to your door. So registration covers two people. We've designed it for couples, but also individuals who want to participate with a friend or a family member. So use promo code PODCAST30 for a $30 discount and register at lovemarriedlife.com. We're calling the event Possibilities. With God, we have infinite possibilities. Yes. It's also designing your best life. You will participate with this, with this interactive event yeah. full of exercises mm-hmm. created to reveal your life story and help you map out this next year yeah. and set you up for the best 2021. Exactly, because you know that only you can really write on and influence and mm-hmm. establish your heart and really map out that life story that you have. So this day is going to be like a huge gift to yourself and to your relationships. Good. You often hear us say, gathering knowledge isn't where breakthrough right, exactly. happens, but rather experiencing yes. and implementing the truth into your life. Now that's where breakthrough takes place. Yep. So it's going to be a day of implementing that practical application for your heart work into your story. So mark the date. Yes. Here it is. January 30th, a one day live virtual event designed for your best life. The promo code is podcast 30. Register today at lovemarriedlife.com and we will be shipping your supplies, your workbooks to you exactly. as soon as possible. We can't wait to see you guys. So now on to today's message with Dr. Jim Richards. Welcome to this week's podcast of Live Transform. Bob Audrey. <laughs> Bob Audrey. Bob Jim. Bob Jim Audrey. <laughs> Let's try that one more time. I mess this sucker up every, every time. <laughs> every time. All right, here we go. Welcome to this week's podcast of Live Transform. Glad you've joined us. Yes. Jim, good to see you. Audrey, good to be together it's again. It's so good to see you, Jim. I just love that we get to have this time together. Absolutely. With all our friends in, I was going to say Never Never Land, but they're, they are, they're, you guys are really there, listeners. Like, we mm-hmm. are all together. Love hearing from you. Yeah, I love it. So and uh, we, we just, I mean, at the recording of this podcast, you know, here we are springing into a new year. Yeah. And um, I would imagine, and this is just something that I'd like to bring out, is that I think through the holiday season, and when I move into, you know, when I like to experience new, if I can say it that way, I always look at some of the most valuable things in my life. Mm-hmm. And it is... It's a al- reflection time. It's always relationships. Yeah, it is. Every time. And just so grateful, you know, Jim, you know, having you in our life, Audrey, and our children, but then you, our listeners, yeah. you know, and just so thankful that you're taking this journey with us. See, you're, you're kind of making me feel not spiritual because I was thinking about <laughs> Taco Bell. <laughs> 
Taco uh, Bell. You never uh, think about Taco Bell. What the heck? <laughs> what? Where did you know, that come from? Well, we're talking about things that you know that are important to us. And so, <laughs> and so I just when you said that, I, I start thinking. I kind of wish I had a burrito. That was. <laughs> That would be really important right that now. That is the wildest thought. I, I did have a thought. This is no We've joke. never been together and you and drive by a Taco Bell. And, and you've, you've said, never said, oh, we I would stop like now. that. A burrito yeah, right now. I think yeah, that, that, that's really kind of, uh, <laughs> that, that, that's probably the devil attacking me. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, this morning I was thinking of Chick-fil-A. I'm not going to lie. I was thinking of Chick-fil-A this morning and their lemonade. I love their lemonade. So anyway, oh. I mean, we do these things, Well, right? you, you well, know, I was thinking I? about all the people that mean so much to me. And I you know, guys go and to we're food. thinking of food. Well, I was kind of thinking of people that could bring me some Taco Bell. <laughs> Is, is that kind of is is that close? I mean, you know, is that kind of close? Yes, yes, <laughs> yes. I will get you some Can Taco somebody Bell. Somebody, please give this man a burrito, right? Exactly, please. All all God's people need a burrito every now and then. Yeah, that's right. And you deserve oh, yeah. one. You deserve yes. one, Jim. Yeah, yeah. Unreal. I love it. I've got a new name for Bob. Are you ready for it? His new nickname is Bob Hope. Bob. <laughs> Oh, there you go. That's a good name. I know. Like I've, I've always heard it before. I've always been Audrey Fun. So I thought, why? What if Audrey Fun hooks up with Bob Hope? You know, then we're, we're doing. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> I, By uh, the way, you you mentioned lemonade. I'll give everybody one of my one of my famous uh, health drinks. Okay. I, I think I I can't remember if I mentioned it on here before, but uh, <clears throat> you know I. Uh, I'll, uh, I'll I'll get a uh, a, a mineral water yeah. that's not made with CO two. Mm-hmm. See, most right, of right. your mineral right. waters carbonated. Yeah, you know, they're actually toxic. They're made with with CO two, which is really really bad for you. <laughs> uh, but uh, I'll get either like a, a you know a Perrier or a, a San Pellegrino that actually comes up the minerals in the ground right. makes it you know have a have a sparkling mineral water attribute. So then I'll put a, uh, uh, yeah, I've told everybody about pH adjust, which is uh-huh. a, yep. a, a, we have it at our house. I just use, mm-hmm. I just use, I don't use it a lot, uh, but I, I just use it to, to make sure I keep, like if I, uh, when I make coffee, I'll put a little bit of pH yeah. adjust yeah. to make sure my coffee stays in the right yes. pH. I love level. that. We have some at home and it's almost like baking yeah. soda-ish. It's interesting. So, uh, so I'll put a, put a little. I mean, just about a third of them little tiny scoops of pH adjust yeah, yeah. in the bottom of a glass. I'll put a, I'll put a, 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 a squeeze of lemon in there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Now, what, one of the things, by the way, the grocery stores are selling Centrons and calling them lemons, and they're not. What? Uh, they they are part of the. How do you know this stuff, the, Jim? <laughs> they're part of the citrus family. And they're not lemons. They're not really lemons. Okay. Uh, uh, they're kind of, they're sort of like a hybrid lemon. I, I, you know, I don't, I don't know what they really are. Cause when you go to their website and look it up, they never get very clear okay. and make it really vague. Yeah. Uh, so if you can, you want to get real lemons. Okay. Centrons will work, but anyhow, so you squeeze your, a lemon down the bottom of that glass and then you, then you get your Perrier or your San Pellegrino, which are one you use. 
And, and by the way, I will put a little bit of a, a little bit of stevia, liquid stevia, mm -hmm. about ten drops of liquid stevia in mm -hmm. there, and then you have to. It sounded. Your, it sounded a lot like lemonade. It's, it's, well, it is. It really is. <laughs> and, and so I just start pouring it in, and you kind of have to pour it in real slow. It's like pouring a beer, you know. Yeah. If you if you pour it too fast, the foam, yeah. you know, will yeah, run over yeah. the top. So you pour it real slow. <laughs> well, so what happens is you get your number one. You've got you an incredibly refreshing yeah. drink. Yes. Uh, that uh, so you're not getting bored just drinking regular water all the right, time. Right, 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 right. It, it is it, it is uh, uh, alkaline, mm -hmm. but because it has the lemon in it, mm -hmm. it uh, it has certain incredible healing properties for your body, mm -hmm. and uh, it is just one of the most enjoyable. Wow. You know, it, it, it's like drinking a Sprite or a lemonade. Right. But it's uh, you so know, good for you. Yeah. Right. But, but you, Jim, you, you team that up with a Taco Bell burrito. And oh, you're, my gosh. You're right. a happy king. Right. I, I think Jim wants a lemon. <laughs> I think you want a burrito and a lemonade. I think that you want it all. Oh, that is too funny. Well, if you want it, if you were in Mexico, you would. it would be uh, agua mineral uh, with limon. <laughs> Everything you learn on this podcast. No, yes, I and know. now we shall teach you <laughs> Spanish because yeah. apparently Jim can do that we're, too. We're, we're done with Hebrew. Yeah. Now we're on to Spanish. That's right. When you when you're in another country, you need to know how to get a a, a mineral water with lemon in it. <laughs> <laughs> so in the in the Spanish alphabet. <laughs> yeah. Let's let's dissect the Spanish now. <laughs> I love it. Oh, man. Well, you know what? Here's an interesting thing, an interesting place that we are in the world, and I'm not going to go into the political factors. You know, you guys have heard me talk about this. I've said this a bazillion times. If you ask the wrong questions, you always come up with the wrong answers. <laughs> oh, my gosh. So and true. So when you come up with the wrong answers then you it always sets you on the wrong path yes to solving your personal life issues mm -hmm. yeah now i don't want to sound mean or self righteous or condescending but you know i i've been warning the church for about 40 years that you always ask the wrong questions right and the church has tried to define spirituality, spiritual warfare, all these things based on what's happening circumstantially yes. and externally. Yes, yes. And so, so <clears throat> you know, when things start going wrong, we start asking ourselves these questions and, and <coughs> excuse me. And so we start asking ourselves these questions. But the problem is we're asking the wrong questions and we're asking questions that really can't change anything. Right. Okay. It, it doesn't matter what answer you come up with. You, it doesn't change anything. It doesn't really benefit your life other than creating a little bit of self-delusion. And worry. But, <laughs> yeah. And worry or, or false hope or that sort of thing. Yeah. But... <clears throat> You know, we've been talking about for the last few weeks, and one of the things, of course, I always talk about is 
that basically we live our life out of our our, our identity, self-image, self-worth. Right, right. That, that's the internal mm -hmm. hierarchy. And the thing about identity, self-image, and self-worth, and boy, we could spend all kinds of time on each one of those. Because they're very different from each other. I mean, they're, they, they're they layer. They're very different from They're not each different, other. but they layer upon each other, I'll say. Yep, yeah, exactly. And you can't really understand and function in one if you can't function in the other two. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> so, so uh, uh, and, you know, and I guess it was in about the uh, uh, mid-70s, uh, the concept of, of identity for a believer started becoming popular. Mm -hmm. And, uh, man, I just... I'm not even sure I know how to say this without sounding really, really critical, really, really bad. But it, you know, it's sort of like a, it's sort of like the music industry. You know, if if a type of music suddenly, you know, catches on, yeah, then the music industry does this thing called line extension. Huh? And line extension is just give me some more music that sounds like this. Yeah. Now, in the beginning, whatever it was that caused this movement in music, it was very authentic, probably had a great message to it. Mm -hmm. You know, it was songwriters mm -hmm. writing songs that connected yes. to real life. Yes. And then suddenly the industry people got mm -hmm. hold of it. And all they were really interested in is selling more records. Exactly. So we don't really care how sincere your message is. Mm. We just want you to do something else that sounds like this. Wow. That's a mm. really good illustration. Mm. That's really good. Well, you know, back in the, uh, let me see, it would have been in the, in, the, in the 1990s or maybe the 2000s, the largest Christian publisher in the world met, contacted me to meet in Nashville, Tennessee. Hmm. And so I went to Nashville, Tennessee, and he said, man, this book that you have just written, Grace the Power of Change, he says, this, he says, this is a book that we, we can sell millions of copies of, of uh, upcoming versions of this book for you. Mm -hmm. I said, so you're talking about line extension, right? He said, yeah. He said, he said we don't really care what you write about. It, you just need to use the word grace and use some of this terminology and he said, you know, we can, we can pretty much guarantee you every book that you come out about this topic is, uh, is going to be a phenomenal success as far as sales go. And so I sit there and listen to their pitch. I said, let me ask you something. Now. I said, you know, where does Jesus fit into this? He said, well, you'll be helping people. You'll be talking about Jesus. I said, no, where does Jesus fit into what he's saying to the body of Christ now? What are you speaking to my heart to write about? I said, you know, I said, I, I don't really need money. I, you know, I'm doing all right. And I said, I don't really need a bunch of money. Yeah. And the last thing I need is, you know, is a bunch of wasted popularity that really does nothing to help the kingdom of God, help people of God. So, and so <clears throat> we had this long, wow. uncomfortable talk for them. It wasn't uncomfortable for me. 
Well, it's uh, uncomfortable about, for them because mm. everyone wants money and popularity. So that yeah. so all of a sudden they can't own you or move you or manipulate you. Right. When yeah. you can't be owned, that's you are one in a million. Like but, honestly, right? And you're and you're looking for they were offering a contract, right. contract yeah. with me, and you're like, but. With the Where fa- does Jesus fit And with in here? the fame yeah. and fortune. We'll give you the fame and mm. the fortune as well. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You know, I, I've turned that offer down more times than <laughs> most people ever encounter it. I can tell you that, which is one of the reasons I'm not real popular in established, a lot of established establishment circles. Mm-hmm. And, uh, <clears throat> you know, I'm always able to keep those guys respect because they ain't never had anybody talk to them about stuff like that. But that, but they also they don't want to do business with me because they know I'm I'm a wild card. I'm too I'm I'm uncontrollable. But but anyhow, so you know, so we love that what, about yeah. you. <laughs> well, not everybody loves that about me. Let me just, let me just say that uh, uh, it, it's been amazing the people that I've been very kind to, very generous with, who no matter how much I had done for them to help them. They didn't understand that I was helping them out of my motives, whatever was moving me. Right. And then they would want help in a certain area, and it just wasn't there for me. And then, you know, when I wouldn't do it, uh, me being uncontrollable would be the thing that would turn somebody totally against me because yeah. they couldn't get what they wanted no, out of me, even no matter what I've done for right. them up to that point. Right, right, mm. right. You can, you cannot control Jim Richards. <laughs> well, no, actually you can't. That, that's kind of a, <clears throat> that's kind of a way I can live with myself. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, so, you know, let, let's take that same concept yeah. and, and, and flip this over to church mm-hmm. ministry mm-hmm. and this sort of thing. Mm-hmm. You know, in my 50 years almost of walking this out and being in ministry and watching the trends come, I can't tell you how many times I would see an incredibly authentic happening in the body of Christ, mm-hmm. something something that was like you, you knew that this was coming from the breath mm. of God mm. for, for the body of Christ right now. Wow. And I'm just going to tell you, that doesn't hit the dirt until a bunch of ego-driven, selfish, carnal fools have found a way to create line extension and try to run to the head of the race and act Mm -hmm. like they're the ones that's bringing this great revelation to God. And basically, what God was saying and what was helping the body of Christ really got lost in the commercialism. Of Christianity. Yes. Not only does it dilute it, but it perverts it in a way. Like oh, yeah, always. it's both. It dilutes that breath, that purity of God's heart, but then it takes it and commercializes it and makes it about all the earthly stuff like measurement and money yeah. and all those things that the earth um, admires yeah. and yeah. It, ego. ego. Who gets ego, credit ego. for it? Yeah, you know, all exactly. Hmm. <clears throat> well, in the seventies. There was a, a real movement in the mid-70s about uh, uh, identity in Christ. Mm. And, uh, you know, like all movements, I think, I think it came at a really unique time. I think it was very, very authentic. But remember, the church has never involved the heart in anything. Right. It's just a message 
with information that you learn mm -hmm. and you and you kind of feel like true spirituality is just based on how much you can talk the talk. And so so there's been great messages like this come forward that that they they were moved ahead by ego-driven people that had never incorporated this stuff into their life. They only wanted to to get fame because they were preaching the latest fad and and so and so the the whole concept of identity in Christ, because it wasn't rooted in the heart, very quickly turned into kind of just this only matters because it's positional. Ah. In other words, uh, in other words, it doesn't matter if you if, if if you really believe this. It doesn't matter if it really affects your life. It doesn't matter if it affects the way you are making decisions. D can you can you quote the verses? Mm -hmm. You know, can you talk the theology? Wow. And so when you get a truth that is an absolute world-changing reality, but nobody ever applies it to their heart and takes the years that, it, that would be involved in walking it out and discovering what this looks like in real life, then, then like you said earlier, you know, you diminish this, you twist it, yeah. you cheapen it, you, yeah. you turn it into just words without power. Yeah. But <clears throat> identity, which is the key function of the heart, is identity. Mm -hmm. You know, we function yes. in this life yes. based on who we believe we are in our heart. Yes, yes, yes. Which means, which means it's, it, it is it is abiding. You know, I used to, I can remember back in the man back in the seventies. You know, reading the Gospel of John, I just come across that word abide. He who abides in mm. me. I, man, I would just think about that. What does that mean? You know, and I would I would look it up in Greek, you know, language and all this kind of stuff. And uh, you know, while the Greek language helped me get a bigger concept, I always knew that that, that was the when he's scratching the surface of what it means to abide with God and be with God and be one with God mm -hmm. and, 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 and have this sense of who you are that, that there's no place in your sense of who you are of being outside of God wow. or, or being independent from God. You know, that's what Jesus would say, I and the Father are one. And that's what he was talking about. He says, you know, I don't want to have any sense of me independent wow. of God or his word right. or, you know, or, or his, or his reality. So, so <clears throat> we, we are at a place to where when crisis comes, you know, whether it's, whether it's a political crisis like yeah. we're seeing right now, yeah. or when we, when we have crisis inside of our family, sure. It's kind of, it's really interesting. I call it, I call it uh, 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 spiritual amnesia, hmm. where it's like a crisis happens and it's sort of like in an instant, you forget who you are. Mm -hmm. 
Mm-hmm. And in an instant, you forget everything that you and God have walked through together. Mm-hmm. And, and I'll just tell you, the reason that happens is because you're building your relationship more around intellectual ideas mm-hmm. than you are about deep personal involvement and relationship. Yeah. 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 And, and that's, you know, something that we repeatedly go around and around again until it's your experience. Yeah. You see, it, we just can't allow ourselves just to give, you know, mental assent, but or to live vicariously through someone else. It needs to be mine. Yeah, absolutely. There's no shortcut. So, so there's a there's a scripture that both of weeks has just been gnawing at me. Mm. <clears throat> you know. Uh, Usually, when we have crises, our, our, our first response is to try to invoke some, something spiritual, try to invoke God's presence to manifest, try to invoke something that causes our faith to, to rise, yeah. you know, uh-huh. uh, and Sadly, uh, I, I can tell you this, and we've talked about this on this podcast before. And I don't want to in- discourage anybody because you got to do what you got to do. But I'm just telling you this: if you have to do anything to remind yourself who mm-hmm. you are in Jesus mm-hmm. and find your way back to wow. standing on a foundation of the gospel of peace. If you have to do anything to that, you're probably going to lose or you're going to at least greatly, greatly prolong the recovery time. Hmm. Because in that, in that, in that, those few minutes or a few hours or a few days that you're trying to find your footing. You're making bad decisions. You're mm-hmm. you're getting farther off track. You're losing confidence in yourself, and you're losing confidence in God. And so, and so, you you know you get beat up, and messed up, and, and you get afraid, and you get <coughs> you get afraid, and you get you know, frustrated and you don't know what to do and you feel confused and you feel abandoned. Well, well, by the time you finally make the decision to start trusting God again, you have now taken on a whole new host of all kinds of negative emotions and feelings and beliefs. And you got to dig your way out of that. And plus, now. you've used so many words, likely to those around you, that you change the atmosphere in that direction. Like, there's just so much ripple effect from that yeah. on the outside. You know, of all of that. Well, there's a scripture that just. This is gonna be one of the scriptures. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna tell people something that. N- n- I neither I nor anyone else can actually explain to them. This is just going to be one of those things. It's like, you know, we tell you this all the time. We bring you to the door. Yeah. And at some point, you got to want this bad enough where yeah. you go in by yeah. yourself and you get your own answers. That's right. There's no but, other way. Oh, no. So, you know, um, the 
the word spirit, by the way, is, is just such an interesting word because the real truth is I have never met a person that can explain to me the spirit, what, our, what the spirit is. Hmm. Uh, there's there's all kinds of things that uh, that we can talk about, you know, with the spirit. Uh, but the, but the real truth is that really does not mean that uh, uh, that we know anything. Hmm. We, we we've just got <laughs> words, you know, to describe it. Mm-hmm. We don't a title. We don't really, yeah. Some kind of yeah. definition, yeah. weak definition or something. So, you know, one of the scriptures in Proverbs, it, it basically says that uh, a, a, a man's spirit will sustain him in, in sickness, but basically a wounded spirit who can bear. Hmm. Now, I've thought about this. This has just been one of those things that I have thought about, you know, over and over and over and over again. Because I'm thinking about, okay, then how do I know if my spirit is in a position to sustain me? Hmm. And so... um, I, I start out by saying, okay... What does the word spirit actually mean in the Hebrew anyhow? Yeah. Well, you know, all the word spirit means is breath. Hmm. Now, <clears throat> you, you, you think about you think about <laughs> breath and you're like, well, what 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 does that what does that mean? By the way, that, that, that scripture is in Proverbs 18, 14. The spirit mm-hmm. of a man will mm-hmm. sustain him in sickness. Now, you know, there's sometimes that we watch people go through things that, you know, would, that we know would decimate us if we were going through them. We watch people go through things and we just think, man, I, could, I, I, I couldn't go through that. I, I couldn't make it. And what's Interesting is sometimes we we try to look on the outside at what people are doing that makes them able to stand. And you you might see some things here or there that they do that are kind of healthy or positive or whatever, but but the real truth is so many times you're watching them and you have no clue what they're doing. You know that there's something happening internally that you can't see. Yes. And and you really can't even, uh, you can't even quantify. Mm -hmm. But whatever it is that they're doing is sustaining them through something that you know you could never survive. Right, right, right. And... This kind of gets into, you know, gets into this whole concept of more than just identity. Identity, self-image, self-worth, connection to God. I mean, this just, this just gets us over in, in, into something that's beyond the boundaries of what's definable 
you know, in our, in our conversations. So I, I want to I want to talk a little bit about what 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 we could grasp mm-hmm. about the whole concept. Because man, you know what? You get in, in the book of Proverbs, there are uh, all kinds of uh, really important life factors that uh, uh, that relate to what I guess we would call the strength of our spirit. You know, mm-hmm, Proverbs, mm-hmm. Proverbs 15, 3 says, mm-hmm. you know, a merry heart makes it for a cheerful countenance, but by, by sorrow of the heart, the spirit is broken. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, uh, Proverbs 16, 18, pride goes before destruction and a haughty spirit befall. Better to be humble of spirit with the lowly than divide spoil with the proud. Uh, you know, Proverbs uh, 16.32 says, And he who is slow to anger is better than the mighty, and he who rules his spirit better than he who takes a city. I mean, you just go through there, and you, you've got about 10 or 15 uh, uh, scriptures. Yeah, you know, like yeah. Proverbs 20, I, I love it. It says, yeah. The spirit of a man is the lamp of the Lord, wow. searching the inner depths of, of the heart. Wow. Now, man, I'm telling you, this is to me. This is this is, this is like huge. This is we don't even know how to explain it. No. but it's it's sort of like it's saying this is the central factor uh, to how life really works yes. effortlessly. Yes. But the truth is, you you can't get this just by reading it, taking a class on it, no. talking about it, and that sort of thing. No, no, you've got to live it out. And to say that this is the central factor to living effortlessly, this is the journey, this is the um, getting the breath and the Spirit of God into your breath. So just like Jesus, you are consumed by the Father, that you can't imagine life apart from the Father. It's all Him, you know? And I think that's what I'm hearing and I'm understanding because it is beyond words. Yeah. You know... um there's a concept that I teach called overlapping realities. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And overlapping realities <clears throat> occur when uh, you can look at a word or a concept and and you can kind of define it based on the context that is used in and based on the language factors. And you look at it, and just about the time you think, man, I got this figured out, then you realize, well, wait a minute, that, you know, that word has a, another overlapping reality that, that can manifest in a totally different dimension mm. and a totally different way. It doesn't deny what I learned about it before, but what I learned about it before is not all there is to it. Right, mm-hmm. right. There's more to this. Mm-hmm. And then you then you get about the time you kind of get that <coughs> tucked under your belt and you think, man, I'm, I think I'm getting it now. Yeah, then, yeah. And then suddenly you're like, oh dang, wait, <laughs> wait, wait, you know, there's something else here. Now, what carnal people do is every time they get a new insight, they, they, they kind of like, well, I used to believe this meant this, and now God showed me it really means this. That used to just make me so mad. I'm just like, wait a minute, so. 
So how can I trust that you can hear from God if every right. few months you're coming up saying, well, well no, I used God. to believe this, but now it's this uh, way. Yeah. And, and these people don't understand that usually, I mean, there's so many factors in how we understand truth or how we understand a word, you know, and, you know, there, there's all these language concepts of context and all this kind of stuff. And then, and, but then also there's, what is God saying to me right now? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I, I'm going to understand some of this in light of my know, personal of circumstances is. and my personal yeah. mo- moment, my personal season. All yeah. of those are factors. Yeah. So <clears throat> sometimes when there are spiritual realities that just looking at the word itself, you don't find real clearly defined definitions and understandings, then one of the things I like to do is I like to say, okay, so based on what this word means, what does it look like in function? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So if the word spirit right. means breath. Right. And it does. Yeah. Now we're, and we're spirit, soul, and body, you know, mm-hmm. so, so we're not one dimensional, you know, uh, uh, holy rollers like to always make us one dimensional. Mm-hmm. Everything is spirit. Right. Everything is spiritual. I'm a spirit being all that nonsense. Mm-hmm. Well, <clears throat> you know, you, uh, so you look at this, okay. I, I have a hard time understanding what breath might mean from a purely spiritual point of view. But if I start seeking to understand what breath means and how it affects me functionally on an emotional and physiological level, mm-hmm. then I get that overlapping reality yes. and I start seeing yes. how how this can be understood in all the dimensions of reality. All of a sudden, all these connections take place that you couldn't have gotten any other way. It's like, oh, yeah. I had to do this first. Like we can always almost feels like we can start there, Jim, because it is tangible and it is, yeah. it isn't mystical or anything. It's just like, no, this is the function physiologically of breath. Like this is what breath yeah. does. You know, for a few years I've been, Really, I started doing the research long before I ever got real formal about it. But you know, I've been doing research for a book called "The Breath: The Breath of God mm-hmm. or the Breath of Life." I'm not sure which way I want to do it. But uh, as I've studied what breath actually does in the human body. Mm-hmm. And one of the reasons I haven't just jumped—I could have jumped out and written a really good book already. Yeah. But it's just like, well, wait a minute. You know, I, I want to get a little. I want to go down this rabbit hole a little more. Yeah. Before I start making definitive statements, and you know, you start looking at the, the whole concept of of breath, and uh, every everything that happens in your body, every exchange that happens in your body, depends on respiration. Hmm. <clears throat> in other words. In, in other words, to the degree that you are breathing and your respiration system is is utilizing you know the oxygen that you breathe, then these interactions happen inside the the human cells that honestly, I mean they are they're just 
inconceivable almost. I said, mm. yet the trillions of interactions that yeah. take place uh, uh, minute by minute in the human body, and every one of them work around one thing, wow. respiration. Yeah. So suddenly you start seeing that, okay, if spirit uh, is uh, means breath, and I may not be able to fully understand how to explain spirit when it comes to spirit, soul, and body. I might not be able to fully explain spirit when it talks about the spirit of God, mm -hmm. but I can explain this based on what this yeah. word means mm -hmm. is just like respiration has... Uh, is is the first core. It's the first factor. Mm. And not only living, but in being healthy and being energetic and being alive and being vibrant, then that's what the Spirit is to me, whether it's the Spirit of God or my Spirit, or however you want to break it down. I don't even try to figure out how to break all that down. But it's talking about something that is working in me mm -hmm. that is the absolute core, absolute. the absolute function. It's the bottom line because if, you, it, if yeah. you're breathing, you are alive, bottom factor. Like at the end of it all, as a human physiologically, if we're breathing, we're alive, and if we're not breathing, we're not. I mean, that's, that's right. it. And the degree to which we breathe. Mm. Uh, you know, one of the things with, uh, with COVID uh, is that COVID – uh, one of the number one factors that with COVID is is it decreases your oxygenation, mm. and most of the people that die from COVID related uh, uh, sickness die because of a uh, uh, decrease in oxygenation. Because once your oxygenation gets down to a certain point, then uh, then your body kind of has to start. Saying okay, we got enough. You know, I got enough. To keep, I got enough to keep your brain functioning, but I don't have enough to keep your heart functioning. Or I've got enough to keep your heart functioning, but I don't have enough to keep your kidney functioning. And so your body literally has to start saying, "What are we going to let die here?" Wow. And 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 your internal intelligence really works to keep you alive, but you lose function. You know, of one organ at a time, or one organ, or one organ system at a time. Now, <clears throat> when you think about just from a sickness point of view, sickness and health point of view, I, I, I tell people, people get a little offended by this sometimes. I'm not trying to be mean or critical, but it's like, look, you can't eat junk food. You cannot, you know. Uh, be 50 or 60 pounds overweight. You can't already be where your ox blood oxygen levels, you know, are, are in the low 90s. You, you, there's all these things that if this is where you are, then your body cannot sustain life mm. when it comes under attack. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So there's this tendency to say, if I get sick, then give me the medications or whatever that will, you know, that will make it right and, and everything will be all right. No, you know what? There's hundreds of thousands of people in America that thought that and died that should not have died uh, with, you know, with COVID. Mm -hmm. So, <clears throat> but it's sort of that way spiritually. Now, man, this is where you got to, this is where you got to say, okay, God. 
what he's about to say to me, I, I can't draw a straight line between this and something specifically spiritual, yet I know the type is there. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know, I, I know mm-hmm. that the spiritual type right. and spiritual spiritual model is there. Yeah. So you can almost take that scripture that says that a man's spirit a man's spirit sustains him in sickness or in infirmity, which really is bigger than just sickness. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, you could take that and say, a man who keeps breathing yeah. is sustained just because he keeps breathing. Hmm. And he's not quoting scriptures about breathing. Yeah. He's not trying to come up with God's plan for breathing. <laughs> he's, you know what I mean? He doesn't he's, have an intellectual understanding of breathing. Right. But as long as he keeps breathing... He's, he's going he's to pro- stay alive. Yep. And as he decreases his breathing, then he's going to get weaker, weaker, sicker, sicker, and die. Yeah. yeah. Part, part of it is not just the, the intaking, mm. you know, the, the inhale of oxygen, yep. but it's also the exhale. You see, you have to get rid of the toxins. You have to CO2. get yeah. rid of the carbon dioxide, yeah. you, you know, and and we have to be able to release that. So when, when the, you know, when as we're talking about, you know, spirit, spirit is what brings life. And Audrey, you were speaking earlier, you know, about, you know, too many things dilute. And boy, we just got to get rid of. Otherwise, it will choke you out. It's so wild, Jim, like over the, the, the holidays, all our family was together. And you think of what we talked about. There was one evening meal. My parents were there. And literally, Jim, Robert, our son, loves facts, facts. He's a research guy. He has fun facts every day. And he said, let's talk about, Robert says, let's talk about breathing. This happened last week. All of us around the table, dinner table. And we talked about, he said, do you know that it's just important to get rid of whatever is more important than what you're even taking in. Like getting rid of the, the CO2 is just as important as breathing in the oxygen. It was just interesting. I don't know if this applies to anything you're no, talking no. about, but I just think it's super interesting that we took so much time to talk about just the physiological function of breathing and how to breathe and how to... Then our other son was talking about how he does these breathing exercises and it's changing his life. Mm-hmm. And it just, we talked about breathing for a long time. If you're on an airplane... Good. And, yeah. and you hit crisis. Yeah. Put the mask on first. Yeah. Because yep. you got to breathe so that you can help other people. Absolutely. Without your breath, you're not helping anyone. So when you start looking at the crossover typology, you know, uh, how, how you breathe, which of course determines your oxygenation. Mm-hmm. You know, if you get into fear, then you start breathing faster and shallower. Mm-hmm. And so that starts changing your oxygenation. Yeah. Yeah. If you actually, if you, if your posture is bad and you sit slumped over, yeah. it actually decreases the oxygenation of your cells. Really? All, wow. Oh yeah. There's all of these things that affect you emotionally. Affects you whether you're going to be depressed. You know, it, it affects how fast you're going to burn calories. Uh, affects how much energy you're going to have. So you got all of these factors that. I like to look at this and say, okay, so 
I want my breathing to be healthy, but I want to be healthy in a way that I don't have to think about it yeah. for it to be healthy. Right. I want to I want to train myself, and I have trained myself, you know, yeah. to breathe in a more in a more healthy way. Uh, you know, <clears throat> you know, Brenda and I, and about ten of our family members just went through raging COVID, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and so you know, Brenda and I, at our age and with our health problems. Uh, you know, we got the worst end of it. And, you know, we knew we were going to face this if we got around our kids and at the holidays and uh, mainly our grandkids. And But we made the choice to do it anyhow. Well, um, you know, I had every single symptom that you can have wow. for COVID. Right. And boy, it was no walk in the park. But uh, uh, one of the interesting things is this. You know, I probably have four of the predetermining factors for a person who will die if they get COVID. You know, just had a heart attack. Yeah. Uh, in the middle of having that heart attack, I developed a respiratory issue mm-hmm. that nobody has explained yet mm-hmm. that, I, that I've been, you know, struggling with. Uh, I'm, you know, I'm a diabetic. You just kind of go yeah. down this list, and ever almost every one of these factors are well. If you got this one, mm-hmm. good chance you're high. And, and now, do you just have one, Jim? You're saying you have four of the top ones. Yeah. And so you know, uh, <clears throat> uh, so what's interesting was this: I didn't change anything that I did. Nothing. I mean, I, I didn't change one thing that I did because all of the things that I did to have healthy respiration, I, I just did them because this is a way of life for me. Mm-hmm. And so the real truth is, is, yeah, man, this has been, t- I mean, this has been tough, tough, tough. Yeah. But at the same time, uh, you know, the way I chose to live sustain me mm-hmm. through this yes. so that you never have the discouragement. You never have the, I'm ready to give up. Right. You never have the, I don't think I can live through another minute of this, right. you know? And, and, and so that's, that's the way we have to be. And see, there's no, there's no formula for getting there. You know, you know, it's sort of like trying to give somebody a formula about how to become friends with somebody else. <laughs> Yeah, seriously. <laughs> well, you know, there are some general, yeah, be, you know, yeah, principles sure. involved in becoming friends. But at the end of the day, you just get in there and you you open yourself up. You listen. Yeah. You pay attention. You you know what I mean? Yeah. It's developed in real life, right. and you either become friends or you don't. Right. Well, see, the problem is we're we're wanting we're wanting this thing with God where we mm. live and move and have mm. our being, where we have you know where we are abiding in Him and He's abiding in us. You know, we want that when we're in trouble, but it's not a way of life. Mm-hmm. So when we get in trouble, we don't even know how to find it. Right. But when you're absolutely best friends with God, because that's personal, my friendship with Jesus looks different than you guys's. We all have unique ones, just like everyone has unique earth friendships. When that is so intact that he is your absolute everything, when crisis comes, that's right there. That's not. That's yep. something that's been developed and and enjoyed, not just developed, but yep. let's just say it, enjoyed. Like so many people don't understand the concept of enjoying God. Yep. 
Well, and so, you know, this kind of comes down to a bunch of stuff that we can't even, we can say, but we can't explain, mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm. because, you know, in this is going to be your, your sense of identity and yeah. this is going to be your sense of, uh, of feeling safe, you know, uh, uh, yeah, you know, yeah. I've always I've said this, and people thought I was just being egotistical. But I always said, you know what? If if some somebody were to drop a bomb and it would just land on that, on, you know, on my house, it might blow up the whole neighborhood. But when all the dust settled, I'd be getting up, wiping the dust off, and figuring <laughs> out what I was going to do next. You know, <laughs> you know, I, I don't I don't have any sense of that. I'm not saying I won't die. I'm not saying I won't yeah. face hardships. Yeah. But but there is just a place in God for you if you hmm. deeply if you hunger for it, hunger mm-hmm. for and thirst for righteousness, if you you know desire to know him, if you want him to be the most intimate part of your life, mm-hmm. that will sustain you through anything. Yes. And you're not yes. jumping up and trying to get the formula to work. Yeah. You're just living how you live yes. in connection with God. Yes. You just said that so in such a way that impacted me. And, you know, we all try and say this with words, but you just really communicated that. There's that place in God. If if you truly hunger and thirst for him, you want him to be that most intimate part of you, you will find him. I mean, you yep. just will. If you ask, you will receive it. I mean, it's but it's so layered of... You just when you think you have found that, then you find the next layer of of that intimate, extreme never runs friendship, out. and it's it never runs out, and it keeps getting deeper and richer and more real. It becomes more real than this world. That's all you can say. Yep. So you know it, it's hard to come up with a grand finale <laughs> invitation, yeah, to a message like this. Yeah, because, you know, I tell you, the scripture keeps coming to my mind. It says. You'll search for me and find me when you search with all your all heart. Your heart. And so, you know, all I'm saying to people is like, look, you don't really know what's coming over the next few years. Right. I do because I've seen it. Right. And I'm telling you, you don't want to be in a world that's blowing up, and you're trying to run around and find the formula. Yeah, hmm. you 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 want to have that stability and that safety, so that you can continue to be a blessing. Yeah, to the people around you. Yeah. The people are going to need yeah. what you've got yeah. in God. You want to stay in that place of peace. Yeah, and not get in that place of panic. Mm-hmm. And you want to be sustained simply because of who you are in Jesus, mm-hmm. not because the formula that you're working in Jesus. Yeah. A few episodes ago, you know, we, we began and we used the phrase peace versus panic. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And we're pursuing, not just pursuing peace, but the Prince of Peace. You know, Jesus really is that for us. And, and I was just uh, in John 20, and Jesus, you know, speaking to his disciples, he says, peace to you. And, and, and he just said, just as the Father sent me, now I'm sending you. Yeah. And I believe that the characteristic of peace, you know, knowing the breath of God, because then he said, and he blew on them and said, receive the Holy Spirit. 
I'm sending you into this world. How mm. forgiven are you? You know, set at liberty, you know, those that are captive. This is what he's saying to them. This is the breath of God. And, and he blew on them the breath. Peace to you. And, and it was, a, it was, a, it was a, a, the spirit of life. Mm-hmm. And I believe that these are the characteristics that will intrigue others and say, so what is it? You know, because it's something that they'll observe. And, and it's something I think that the world is yearning for as never before, peace in their heart. Yeah. Yeah. I think that was a divine invitation right there. Search the Lord with all your heart. And you know what? You have to push past the, the intellect because your intellect says, okay, but how? Yeah. And you go, nope. Get it, beyond it, your own understanding. This is a heart thing. Get to the end. Get to that place where it's just searching him for him. Yeah. Man, I remember those early years of walking into a room and, I'm, and just saying, you know what, God... I want to connect with you. And, of course, you know, my, my intellectual mind would say, well, how? What right. are you going to do? Right, exactly. You know, and just, you know, you just that's where you just have to say, you know, this is going to be like me and any other friend. We're going to get yeah. in this room together. We're going to talk. We're going to talk. You know, yeah. there's going to be times I'm going to worship and we're going to sing. And and just you just have to figure it out in real life. You really have to figure it out. Really, and it has to be yours, and it's personal. That's why there's no formula because there's no other you. Like you, yep. the relationship between you and Jesus is extremely unique and precious. Yep. Because he's the one that knows you the best. And yep. you know, but uh, just as we're closing here, Jim, Bob, and I were um, this morning. We we're watching a survival series, you know, from the History Channel called Alone, where they just put these guys into the middle of nowhere and see how many days they can last, you know. And all of them start talking about this, like you've got, you just get to the end where it's just like, and I'm alone, and now I have to face my past. I can't, I can't resist it anymore. Like they push past their resistors and have to face everything that's going on in their heart. And it was just interesting because, you know, we're not being put in a place of wilderness right now, but if we do this by choice right now to just get to that end and face it and see the face of God, um, we will find him with all our heart. Yep. Your way. You do it your way. Yep. Jim, you're awesome. You're the best. Oh, thank you. Yeah, you, you know that. You know I'm your fan. Mm. You, you and well, you and Bob Hope, you're my two of my favorite people, Jim, Jim and Bob Hope. <laughs> well, the thing is, you know, we we just, I think, bring the best out in each other. Yeah. We tap we tap into our shared hunger for God yes. and our shared hunger to help people. Yeah, that's exactly it, Jim. That's and there it is. Yeah. All right. All right. I guess we done. <laughs> I guess we done. We did. We love you guys. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time. Thank you, everyone. Have a wonderful week.